Welcome to College Street Victory Church. You're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Matt Funk. Thank you for joining us in our new series, Counting Stars. What a great question. What is it that you are believing for? This series is a series on vision. Proverbs 29, 18 says, without vision, we perish. And I sense in this season that we need a little more clarity as to what we're being called to, not just what we're going through. Can you agree with me today? Praise the Lord. But we're going to get it in God's word. That's where we get it. It's everything that we build our dreams and our life on is the word of God. Again, not the worries of this world. And so... Counting stars. You know, if we wish to live up in a down world, then we need to start by looking up. What is it that you've been counting on? You see, many of us are are counting on God. And he's also counting on us. I want to build you up. I want to encourage you. I want you to know that you are more than what you may know, what you may feel, or even what you may be experiencing right now. You know, God had a plan for you, and it was written even before you were born. It says in Psalm 139, 16, the psalmist says, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Praise the Lord. So as we've been looking, where have we been looking in this season? I must admit, I too struggle with inward emotions, inward uh, feelings and thoughts. And I'm not afraid to admit that I'm probably pretty average. I used to constantly be seeking out into the world and exploring what it is that God is calling me to, and I've always been a big dreamer. But the reality is that God's vision is bigger than anything that I could ever hope or imagine or plan on my own. And the same goes for you. I've noticed that in society, there's a need to escape reality. Let's not get that confused with the sense of adventure that God placed inside of us, that God created us for to try new things, explore new places, and reach people all around the world. He created us in his very image. In fact, we are are lining up missions trips as a church to Thailand, Africa, possibly Philippines, and and Mexico. We are part of something much bigger. The thing with the the internet has um, created a false sense of security, identity, and especially adventure when it comes to getting out. (laughs) I don't know if you noticed that. And now the internet is not, it's not the, the root of all evil. I just want to be clear, much like money. It's not the root of all evil, but when it becomes your love, when it becomes the first thing that you go to, the first thing that you check when you wake up before you go to bed, it becomes what the Bible talks about as an idol in our life. 
and it will create some of these false securities, false identities, and limit us from even getting out and exploring outer space, <laughs> our outer limits. And you know what? I did a little bit of research, and the stats are shocking. Maybe they're not as shocking to you as they were to me, but the average American spends six hours and 58 minutes online per day. Social media accounts for about two hours and 27 minutes of screen time daily and two hours and 37 minutes streaming video every day. Whoa. Now the stats are a little lower for Canadians, but we're not far off. And we should know this, that we usually follow the trends of the Americans. So that should be a wake up call for us church, where our time is being spent, what we're looking to, where we're searching to find answers. So let's get our head out of the cloud for a moment and get our head into God's word. You with me? <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> so again, before we explore outer space, we need to explore the inner space of our hearts and minds. And we're here to do what Paul speaks of in Romans 12, 1 to 2. And that's not to conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Because then we'll be able to test and prove what God's will is, his good and perfect will. So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to take a look at a man who, who, counting stars, led to an even greater call. His name, you probably know him as Abraham. Before that, he was known as Abram. And we're going to turn to Genesis 15 and starting in verse 1. And the title is God's Covenant with Abram. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield. I am your great reward. But Abram said, O sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? And the one who will inherit my estate is Eleazar of Damascus. And Abram said, you have given me no child. So a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the, Lord, then the word of the Lord came to him, this man will not be your heir, but a son coming from your own body will be your heir. He took him aside and he took him outside and he said, look up at the heavens and count the stars if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. Abraham believed the Lord and the Lord credited him as righteous. He also said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur, out of the Chaldeans to give you the land to take possession of it. Someone say, take it. Come on. But Abraham said, oh, sovereign Lord, how can I know that I will take possession of it? Let's start with that verse one there, right in the beginning. Verse one, after this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield. I am your great reward after this. After what? Well, if you go to chapter 14, then chapter 14, starting actually in verse 14. Let's just go there for a moment. When Abram heard that his relative had been taken captive, he calls out 318 trained men born in his household. I mean, you could just park there. That's another teaching, but take note of it. Highlight it in your Bible. And he went to pre 
pursue as far as Dan. And during the night, Abram divided his men to attack them, and he routed them, persuading them as far as Hobah, north of Damascus. He recovered all the goods, brought back his relative lot, his possessions, together with the women and the people. After, someone say after, after Abram returned from defeating this kings, uh, the other kings um, aligned with him, sorry, and the king of Sodom came out to meet in the valley of that place. And then King Melchizedek of Salem brought out bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High. And he blessed Abram, saying, Blessed be to Abram by God Most High, creator of heaven and earth, and blessed be God Most High, who delivered your enemies into your hands. Come on. Then Abram gave him a tenth of everything. And the king of Sodom said to Abraham, give me the people and keep the goods for yourself. Check this out. But Abram said to the king, I have raised my hand to the Lord God, most high creator of heaven and earth and take and taken an oath that I will accept nothing. Someone say nothing. Nothing belonging to you, not even a thread or a thong of my sandal, so that you will never be able to say that I made Abram rich. I will accept nothing but what my men have eaten and shared belongs to the men and who went with me. Let them have their share. Whoo, there's a lot there. Abram stayed true to his covenant with God. And he remained true to his promise, and he chose the people over profit. Beautiful. Something that we could all learn from. The first point is, if we read in the scripture where God said, I am, I am is in your vision. Well, should be. I am in your, not Pastor Matt. (laughs) Maybe, I don't know if I'm part of it. But the great I am. Is God in your vision? Where do you see yourself three years, five years from now? And is God in it? He better be. Because God, known as the great I am, and a vision from God means, guess what? He says, I am your shield. God is your shield. Your vision comes with protection when God is in it. Woo! That's good. Okay? We also know that God says, I am your great reward. God is your great reward when your vi- and your vision comes with blessing when God is in it. So what is your vision for 2024? If you haven't taken the time yet to seek the Lord, spend time in communion, fasting and prayer, I encourage you to do it now. Don't wait like the rest of the world to do a New Year's resolution. Come on. Now is your time. Today is the day the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. You know, the the Holy Spirit will distribute gifts as needed, and one of those gifts is the gift of prophecy. Some people say hindsight is 2020. I don't believe that. God has given us foresight and insight. Foresight and insight to the things that are coming. And you can just read your Bible, (laughs) what's happening and what's about to happen, and guess what? God wins, and I'm on the winning team, aren't you? Are you on team victory? Praise the Lord, so am I. But it means putting him first in all things. So what is your vision? And is God in it? And does your vision revolve around his will be done or your will be done? Come on. 
If you feel insecure, you feel like in this season or this stuff that's coming up that you lack protection, that you lack reward, maybe check your call. Is God in it? And and if so, how? That's worth your gas money right there. All right? But then in in, in verse 3 of Genesis 15, the Spirit of the Lord just keeps moving my page. (laughs) Maybe I'm supposed to read it. And Abram said... You have given me no child, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Point two, what's missing in your vision? What's missing in your vision? And is family a part of your great vision? God's great vision, say yes. Yes, it is. Without legacy, your vision is limited. When we are given a vision from God, One of the first instincts we do, what the flesh does, is looks at what is missing or what we don't have. The vision that God gave Abraham was about family. Say family. That's right. And his descendants would be as numerous as the stars. So can you see past yourself? Can you see past even your generation, the next generation, and even the generations to come, even after you are long gone and out of here and up with him? Come on. Verse 5. He took him outside and he said, look up at the heavens and count the stars. If indeed you can count them, Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. A God-sized vision is one that counts. Come on. A God-sized vision is one that counts. Every star represented a person. It's the same reason that we count as a church, because guess what? You count. People count. And we are people over programs. I got a one. Woo! <laughs> Praise the Lord. So what are you counting on? And how do you measure the meaning of a vision? Check this out. In my cute little tent there, this is going to take a miracle for me to get into it. Okay? Woo! I've been working out, but I've been trying to put on weight. So imagine if Abram, and imagine if us, <laughs> look at that, I did it. Imagine if we never got out of our tent. And we try to dream big on the inside, there's always going to be a ceiling. We're limited within our own comforts. God is asking us to step out of our comforts and look up into our calling because He's got a bigger vision. I don't know what your tent looks like, I don't know what your ceiling looks like. And this might look a little ridiculous right now, but you know what it's been. And God is calling you out. And he's calling you to look up. (laughs) God had Abram count the stars. Why? Because he needed a bigger perspective. He needed a God-sized vision and what that might look like. Again, it goes beyond us. And it goes beyond my existence and beyond your existence. When it's a God-given vision... It's generational. You know, I actually, I got to apologize because I stole this from, I borrowed it from our kids team. (laughs) I said, can I use that for my, for my demonstration? 
So yeah, kids fit in there, but I don't. And I think, I think that is a calling on all of us that some of us realize, no, you're not a child anymore. It's time to step out of your kid's tent, you know, put on your big boy pants and be the man or woman that God has called you to be. Step out. You don't fit in there anymore. And neither does God's dream and vision for you and for the generations to come. And the church, come on. Thank you, kids' church. When it's a God-sized vision, it's generational. And its purpose is to glorify God and to give praise to his name. If you look in your, in your Bible to uh, Psalms 19, you got to flip over to, to the other side. I'm going to keep mine here so I can find my place. But Psalm 19, verse 1, it says this, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the skies proclaim the work of his hands. That's why we need to be reminded when we ever have those moments on a dark night, if you ever step out of the city into the country and you just look up and you just are overwhelmed by the stars that all cry out to the Lord and are all there literally just to glorify who he is. Isn't that amazing to think? But all we got to do in moments when we're living down and looking down is we just need to step out and look up. I know, I think it was um, Dr. Hazel Hill, the founder of Victory Church, her and her husband, Dr. George. And she reminded us that, you know, the new day always starts after midnight. It starts in the dark. And sometimes we're waiting for the light, but we have the light of the world that we need to step out. And maybe you could see past the darkness and start seeing the light. Come on. You know that although there are billions of galaxies in the universe so far, we have learned that hundreds of stars also have planets orbiting around them. All for the glory of God. Yet the sun is the closest star to us. And Jesus is the sun, S-O-N, son of God. And he is the closest to you. In Matthew 17, Jesus takes up Peter and James and John and, and, and And he leads them up this high mountain. Again, out of their comforts. Sometimes life is going to be a bit of a climb. Come on. And in verse 2, it says, Then Jesus' appearance became uh, dramatically altered. It says that it was a radiant light as bright as the sun pouring from his face. And his clothes became luminescent, dazzling light, lightning. And he was transfigured right before their very eyes. And then verse 3 says, just then appears before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. And then Peter, and I just, oh, I can so relate to Peter. God bless Peter. Always steps out, doesn't always say the right things, has great intentions. (laughs) But then Peter in verse 4, he says to Jesus, look, it is good for us to be here. And if you wish, I will put up three shelters. Okay, it's in the Bible. (laughs) Peter said, I will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And maybe you guys will invite me in. No, I added that part to one of your shelters. Verse five, but while he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them. And a voice from the cloud said, this is my son whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. Listen to him. 
<laughs> we need to listen to what the Lord is saying to us in this season for what's coming. When we get a vision from God, we tend to want to stay. But God is calling us, church, to go. A God-sized vision is a sky full of stars. Wow. Would you stand with me? Just keep standing. Some of you don't even have to sit down. It's always honoring when you give somebody a standing ovation. Thank you for doing that. That's uh, her first time worshiping and singing on our stage at College Street. What an amazing artist she is. Now this message that you heard today, again, was one not just to inspire, but to equip you to, into the calling that God has called you to, to, to dream big, to look up and see God in every part of your vision for your family, for your friends, and for generations to come. And sometimes we have a hard time seeing beyond ourselves. I get that. You see, the answer to my struggle has always been Jesus. You know, the joy of the Lord is my strength, and his grace is enough for me and is enough for you. And the, the ability to see more clearly and, and to see past the confusion is recognizing the voice of the Lord. And he came so that he could speak to you, speak through you, and have a relationship with you. He didn't come to start a religion. He came so that you could have life and life to the fullest. And Paul said in Romans 10 verse 9, if we believe in our hearts and confess with our mouth, if we believe that God the Father sent his son, that Jesus came, and maybe you've never heard this before, but he came and he lived a sinless life. And he paid the, the price for you and me for every messed up thing that we would ever do. He took the weight of sin on the cross. He who is without sin became a sin. And you know, when they spat at him and they, they did horrible things to him, they mocked him. He could have come down at any moment, wiped us all out, but he saw past the cross because of the joy. He saw you here today. He saw your family restored. He saw hope. He saw love. He saw peace, redemption, and healing. He saw you. Amongst the sky full of stars, he saw you. And when he breathed his last breath, just before then, he said, it's finished. And not even death could keep him down. Three days later, he wrote from the grave. Hundreds of people. Over 500 witnesses saw him. He stuck around for 40 days. They witnessed as he ascended to heaven. And he's coming back. And Paul says, if we believe this in our hearts, that's what faith is, isn't it? Faith is the evidence of things hoped for yet not seen. And if we believe with our hearts and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and we believe that God the Father raised his son from the grave, that we will be saved. But we get to be part 
of that family. The extension of the blessing of Abraham is on you. You immediately become grafted in, adopted into the family of God because of what he did, not because of what you did. So I want to give you that opportunity now. We're going we're gonna to say a prayer together, whether you're watching online, whether you're right here in the house, wherever you are. We're going to do it with all our heart. And if you prayed the prayer before, I ask you to do it again. Maybe this is your comeback moment. That you realize that in the conviction of the word of God, through the lovingness of his word today, that you haven't been putting him first in your vision, in your dreaming, in your life. Maybe this is your comeback moment. Maybe this is your first time inviting him into your heart. Whatever it is, let's do this prayer with our whole heart. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes and just repeat after me. Say, dear Jesus, thank you. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I believe that you rose from the grave. And today, I'm asking for your forgiveness. I'm turning from my ways and I'm turning towards you and I promise to follow you all the days of my life. I thank you. I thank you that my my past is past and that you will forever be Lord over my life. In Jesus' name. If you could just stay in the moment with your eyes closed. I'll get you to do something even different. I'll get you to look up with your eyes closed. Imagine, if you would, that the ceiling doesn't exist and you see a vast universe of stars all over. And you can see yourself. You see your family, your grandkids, your great-grandkids. And you can see that At the hand of all of this is our Savior and our Creator who promises us eternal life that one day we will be with Him. And if you prayed the prayer which we just prayed right now for the first time, everyone's eyes are closed. As you envision this, would you just reach out your hand right now? That's me. Thank you. Pastor, thank you. I'm part of that. Thank you. If you prayed that prayer and you're coming back to him today, would you reach out your hand? That's me. Thank you. Praise you. Wow. What a blessing to be able to share my heart and God's word with you today, church. We're going to continue to worship God. There is an opening, that God is opening doors for you that no man can shut. And in this church, we, like every other church that are following Jesus, believe that we are called to something greater as disciples. And in doing so, the Lord requires obedience even over sacrifice. And part of our obedience to following him and being his followers, being all in, is to be baptized. Nobody pressures you. It's about relationship. It's about you stepping in on your own free will and being all in for Jesus. The word baptism actually means in the Greek to be fully immersed. And so 
We fill this tank out of faith every Sunday, every gathering. And if you want to step in in baptism today, who are we to get in the way? We've got shirts, we've got towels, we got shorts. Most importantly, we got Jesus. <laughs> in Romans, it says, when you go into the water, it says that you are buried with Christ. It represents when he went to the grave. And when you come up out of the water, that you are resurrected with Christ. Your baptism is with and in Christ. The scripture says that anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The new has come, the old has gone. So if you feel the need to step in today, just step forward as we worship together. Thank you for tuning in today, and thank you for continuing to partner with us and for giving so generously to this ministry. If you would like to find out more about how you can partner with us, visit our website at www.wherepeoplematter.church and click the giving link. And don't forget to subscribe and share this with your friends. See you next time.